from Happy Cat Studios in Indianapolis, Indiana. After a week off due to illness, the Rick's Rambles podcast is back. Let's get right into this week's fun facts. Fun facts. Well, if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time or been around me for any length of time, you know that I'm a huge advocate of aging not so gracefully, of trying new things and keeping our minds and bodies sharp as we age. I think that is just so incredibly important. And that ties in with this week's fun facts, because we're going to be talking all about Grandma Moses, the famous artist that didn't start painting until much later in life. Number one, she started painting in her 70s. Grandma Moses began painting in her late 70s, 77 actually, after giving up her embroidery work due to arthritis in her fingers. She initially used leftover paint from her grandchildren's art projects and painted on pieces of cardboard. Her first painting was called Sugaring Off, and it depicted a rural scene of people making maple syrup. Despite having no training in art, Moses developed her own unique style, which was characterized by bright colors, flattened perspective, and whimsical subjects. Number two, well, she started painting in her 70s, and then in her 80s, she kind of became famous. Grandma Moses achieved international fame in her 80s after her paintings were discovered by a New York City art collector named Louis Calador. Calador displayed her paintings in his gallery, and it quickly became popular with collectors and art enthusiasts. Moses' paintings were praised for their nostalgic depictions of rural life and their charming, childlike quality. She was featured in magazines, newspapers, television, and her artwork was reproduced on everything from greeting cards to calendars. Well, even though she started later in life, she was a prolific artist. Over the course of her painting career, she created about 1,500 works of art. Her paintings often depicted rural scenes such as farmhouses, fields, and barns, as well as nostalgic memories from her own life. She worked on multiple paintings at one time and would often complete one in a single day. Despite her prolific output, Moses remained humble about her work, saying, I look back on my life like a good day's work. It was done, and I feel satisfied with it. Well, number four, this is really important. She was a trailblazer for women artists. Grandma Moses' success as an artist was remarkable, given the era in which she lived. She was born in 1860, a time when women had limited opportunities for education and career advancement. Despite this, she was able to achieve international acclaim as an artist into her 80s, paving the way for other women artists to follow in her footsteps. Her success also challenged conventional ideas about what constituted high art and demonstrated that folk art could be just as valuable and meaningful as more traditional forms of art. Well, even though she's been gone for over 60 years, her legacy continues today. Despite passing away in 1961 at the age of 101, Grandma Moses' legacy continues to live on. Her paintings can be found in museums and galleries throughout the world and continue to be reproduced on a variety of products. In 2006, one of her paintings sold for $1.2 million at auction, a testament to the enduring appeal of her work. Moses' life and art have inspired countless people and continue to be celebrated as a testament to the power of creativity, persistence, and the human spirit. Well, I didn't know this. She inspired a Hollywood movie. In 1950, Hollywood made a biographical movie about Grandma Moses called The Goddess, starring Kim Stanley. The movie was based on Moses' life story and depicted her as a strong, independent woman who overcame adversity to achieve success as an artist. The movie received critical acclaim and helped to further popularize her work. 
Well, she was not only a popular artist, but she was an award-winning artist. Throughout her life, Grandma Moses received numerous awards and honors for her contributions to the arts. In 1949, she was awarded the Women's National Press Club Trophy for the woman who has done the most for the world of women. In 1952, she was awarded an honorary degree by Russell Sage College. In 1953, she was awarded the Good Housekeeping Award for Creative Achievement. And in 1960, she was honored by President Dwight D. Eisenhower at a White House ceremony where she was presented with the Women's national highest honor. Did you know her artwork has even been featured on postage stamps? It sure has. Grandma Moses' artwork has been featured on several postage stamps issued by the United States Postal Service. In 1969, a stamp featuring her painting The Old Checkered House was issued as part of a series commemorating the 150th anniversary of Vermont statehood. In 1976, her painting Sugaring Off, which we talked about earlier, was featured on a stamp as part of a series commemorating the United States Bicentennial. And in 2006, a stamp featuring her painting Over the River to Grandma's House was issued as part of the American Treasures series. Number nine, she had no formal training. She was a self-taught artist. She had no training in art. She was completely self-taught. She learned by experimenting with different materials and techniques and by studying the works of other artists. Her lack of formal training allowed her to develop a unique style that was not constrained by traditional rules of art. Her paintings were characterized by childlike innocence and a whimsical sense of humor, which made them accessible and appealing to a wide audience. And lastly, I think we probably all can agree on this, she was a beloved public figure. She was admired by people around the world and was known for her down-to-earth personality and her attitude towards her success. She remained active in the art world until her death at the age of 101 and continued to create new paintings well into her 90s. Her legacy as a pioneering folk artist and trailblazer for women continues to inspire new generations of artists and art enthusiasts even yet today. There you have it, today's fun facts all about Grandma Moses. How many of you are old enough to remember pen pals? Did you have pen pals growing up? I did for a while. It was part of a class project, and I can't remember exactly where my pen pal was from. I believe it was Central or South America, maybe Brazil. It didn't last real long because he was a sports nut. I didn't care a lot about sports. But we had a brief uh, relationship via snail mail. I know my wife had one in Europe, if I remember correctly. This is a story of pen pals. 80-year-olds Patsy Gregory and Carol Krauss have been swapping letters since 1955 when they became Girl Scouts on opposite sides of the Atlantic Ocean. The pair went on to send and receive thousands of letters, always remembering each other's birthdays, wedding anniversaries, Christmases, and much more. But they never met in person until Patsy told her daughter, Stephanie, that she'd always wanted to visit Carol, now living in Conway, South Carolina. So her family surprised her with a ticket to the United States on her birthday in June this year, which allowed her to fly 4,000 miles for the long overdue face-to-face -face meeting. Patsy, who shared a heartwarming embrace with Carol on July the 14th, said she recognized her just as soon as she opened the door. It was quite emotional. It was lovely, Patsy, who's from Leconshire County, England, said in an interview. I didn't feel any nerves. I was beyond excited. It was great to be able to meet her at last. And it was just as though I'd just seen her last week because we have known each other for so long. America's Carol 
who was approached by Steph about the visit before Patsy's birthday, said she was a little more nervous about their first meeting in person. Patsy was just 12 when she began writing to Carol, with the pair discussing their day-to-day experiences. Carol, at that point, was living in Buffalo, New York, and Patsy was in England, and Patsy admitted she had been intrigued about the teen's life in the United States. In the Girl Guides, which is the British version of the Girl Scouts, I happened to get Carol's name, Patsy said. We started writing, and we just never stopped. It's as simple as that. It was extremely interesting to learn about her life. The weather, of course, was a big feature. She was living next to the Great Lakes, and we didn't have anything like that in England. We would write about what happened that day in school, anything that was going on, who we went out with, or whatever. We were just sharing news as you would with a friend next door. As their lives changed, so did the contents of their letters. Patsy was married in 1964 and Carol the following year. They both had three kids, and they carried on their relationship through the decades, sending, again, thousands of letters each and every year. Patsy said she mentioned to her daughter Stephanie that she wanted to meet Carol before her 80th birthday, which was on June the 6th, after which her daughter did a little detective work and found Carol in South Carolina. Her daughter contacted Carol and said she wanted to surprise her mother with a gift of coming to the United States to see me, as it's something she's always wanted to do, said Carol. I was more than happy to take her up on it. Our birthdays are only separated by about a month. During the stay, she said the pair had chatted for hours about their friendship while also taking in the local sites and going out for meals at places Carol and her husband frequented, all as if they had only been separated by a few years, which shows the strength of their pen pal, friendship. Hey, I'd like to know from you. Did you have a pen pal? Do you maybe still have a pen pal? Have you had the opportunity to meet them in person? I would love to know about your pen pal experience. And with your permission, I would love to share it with the listeners of the Rick's Rambles podcast. As always, I so appreciate you spending a few moments out of your day with me. Thanks for your support over the past couple of years. I've been doing the Rick's Rambles podcast, and the easiest way to support the podcast is just share it on your social media. Let folks know what you're listening to, that you're getting a little dose of good news and fun facts once a week on Mondays. If you'd like to support financially, there's a couple of ways you can do that. First of all, I've partnered with a company called Follow that sells wildlife tracking bracelets, and I love these things. I've got one. My wife has got a couple. You can track a shark or a sea turtle or an elephant. A brand new one is a giraffe. And part of the proceeds do support the Rick's Rambles podcast. There will be a link in the show description where you can purchase your own bracelet or you can buy me a cup of coffee and I will put a link there also. As always, you are appreciated. You know, research is just scratching the surface of how our mental health affects our physical health how our mood affects our overall physical health, heart health, blood pressure, and so on and so forth. I read a really interesting study this week about how compliments, how receiving compliments can affect a person's overall health. Think about the last time you received a sincere compliment. Think about how you felt. I'm sure your mood was better, but you may not have recognized that your heart may have stabilized a little bit, your blood pressure dropped a little bit, and endorphins were released into your bloodstream 
affecting your overall physical health. I'm a big believer in paying compliments, and I got to admit, I don't really do it often enough because I often don't know what to say. I don't know how to come across with a compliment. I found this list of compliments, and you know, maybe they'll jumpstart my brain a little bit and yours a little bit. So here's some compliments you can kind of file away, and when the opportunity arises, use them to make somebody else's day better. How about this one? Your smile is contagious. I love that. I bet you make babies smile. I love that one. You have the best laugh. You have a great sense of humor. I love this, and it's something I never would have considered on my own. Colors seem brighter whenever you're around. How about this one? You're more fun than a ball pit filled with candy. I love that one. We all know somebody like this. Jokes are funnier whenever you tell them. And I'm going to leave you with this one. We all know somebody like this, and I feel like we should recognize them. You always know how to find the silver lining. There you go. A few compliments you can use. And it's time for our special days for this week. Today, Monday the 4th, is, of course, Labor Day. It's Eat an Extra Dessert Day. I think I'm going to take advantage of that. It's National Macadamia Nut Day, and it's National Wildlife Day. Tuesday the 5th, International Day of Charity, National Cheese Pizza Day, and it's World Samosa Day. Wednesday the 6th, Barbie Doll Day, and it's National Coffee Ice Cream Day. Thursday the 7th is Grandma Moses Day. Now you know where I got the idea for this week's fun facts. It's National Beer Lovers Day and National Salami Day. Friday the 8th, National Ampersand Day, National Date Nut Bread Day, and it's Pledge of Allegiance Day. Saturday the 9th is International Sudoku Day. It's National Iguana Day and National Wiener Schnitzel Day. We'll wrap up the week on Sunday the 10th with National Grandparents Day and National Hot Dog Day. Thank you so much for spending some time today with the Ricks and Rambles podcast. I sincerely do appreciate it. Please take a moment, share it on your social media, let folks know what you're listening to, and don't forget to look up the Ricks and Rambles podcast on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter. I would love to see you there. Until next week, be kind to as many people as you can, as often as you can. We'll start right now, and we'll make the world a better place.